You are listening to Grab Them by the Pod, a member of the Ace Podcast Network. here at Grab Them by the Pod. I am Kevin with Jesse. Thanks again for joining us. And since we have not had an episode since the 11th of November, let me throw a quick shout out to my father and all other veterans out there as we did pass the Veterans Day holiday last Friday. Yes, thank you all for everything you've done. I know your father very well because he's a wonderful father to you and a wonderful, I don't know what you'd call him during the campaign. He was like a surrogate father to me out there holding signs and stuff. So yeah, he's a wonderful guy. So thanks to everybody there. I think we mentioned last episode that uh, we were, we were going to have kind of a palate cleanser uh, over the weekend. We went on a little vacation. Your family, my family, one of our other friends' family went to Cape May, New Jersey, just relaxed, kind of recharged the batteries. And then we came home and were back better than ever. Uh, you had your first Board of Education meeting on Monday. How did it go? How does it feel to be an elected representative? Well, you know, I have to say that it is pretty humbling, uh, and I'm proud to serve in that role as a parent, as an educator, and and I feel like I can make a difference. And, you know, the first meeting, uh, although it was a little long, it was a shade under four hours, uh, so trial by fire, getting thrown in right uh, from the get-go, but uh, it, it went pretty well, and I was impressed with how much, seemingly anyway, bipartisanship there was on the board. So I'm looking forward to working with people of both sides and and really trying to make the school experience better for all of the children here in town. And while you were at that meeting, I went over to the town council meeting and figured that if I can't get elected, might as well be a rabble rouser. I went there and, you know, rabble, 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 and wanted to talk, although they skipped over the part where the citizens can talk. But I'm actually applying to be on several commissions in town. Uh, You know, as I told one of our fellow candidates who did win, uh, the campaign for 2019 starts today. So you can never start too early. Never start too early. But enough about us. There's so much stuff going on at the national level. Uh, I don't know where to start. You know where she would start? Our our old friend there, Roy Moore. Uh, we all know Roy Moore is a far-right, gun-toting, religious zealot, wannabe cowboy. Who don't was, forget the, the big way, hat. Yes. But yeah, yeah, get the big hat. I'm surprised he didn't ride it in on a horse, um, who is also the Republican candidate for Senate in Alabama uh, for their coming special election. Uh, it turns out he already also may be a pedophile, or pedophile is not the right word. Um, I, I looked up, I think it's is it hebophile, hebophile, uh, which is someone who's attracted to people between the ages of 11 and 14. I don't know what you want to call him. Um, there have been reports, uh, and specifically by the Washington Post, that Moore was uh, being accused of being inappropriate uh, sexually with a 14-year-old girl back in 1979. Um, when this girl was 14, Moore would have been 32. So call that whatever you want. I call it not good. So maybe uh, hippophile is also not the right word. Um, that's 11 to 14. And yes, uh, the girl was 14 when he first had any sort of contact with her, but from everything that I have read, he didn't act on anything (laughs) until she was 16, not making it okay in any sense of the word, but... um yeah, so he's got some issues as he tries to get himself elected. Yeah, I don't want to get yelled at by people about being unfair if I throw out the word pedophile. He likes women or he likes women of an inappropriate age. We can, we can put it that way. Um, and the first person that came out was, was Lee Korfman. I said she, she met uh, him when she offered to – this is showing how young she was. He offered to watch her while her mother was going to a child custody hearing. So she wasn't old enough to watch herself. He had to watch her instead. Um, more of the time served at the, as the assistant district attorney 
And uh, she said that Moore asked for her phone number. They met two other times. Uh, the first time they kissed. Second time, uh, Moore removed his clothes, took off her shirt and pants, and they touched each other in the in the naughty areas. Uh, although they, they didn't have sex. Most of these women say you know, they did not have sex. And since then, uh, four of the women have come forward. And again, the age range between 14 and 18. Um, and you know, 18 is legal. I mean, hell, I think in some areas, 16 might be. I don't. I don't know. Um, not not where we come from. <laughs> um, but it, it just shows he likes them young. And of course, you know, he denies all these accusations. But he's losing support fast. Well, Alabama is a one of the states in this country where there have been some uh, loose interpretations of law on on what legal age is and. You know, so it has a history and a track record of, of some of these sort of things happening. And, uh, you know, it's bad enough when it's any, you know, guy off the street and, and young girl. But certainly when it's the person who is the leading candidate to be elected to the Senate from your state, it's even more concerning. Yeah, you, know, you, you can look, but you can't touch. Um, since all of this has gone down uh, Speaker of the House Paul Ryan has called for him to step down. Mitch McConnell has called for him to step down. Uh, you know, Trump says very vaguely that he should step down if the allegations are true. Uh, but they even have a uh, national uh, National Republican Senatorial Committee Chairman Cory Gardner. He said that more uh, if he refuses to withdraw and wins, the Senate should vote to expel him, and that he doesn't belong in the United States Senate. So uh, this is no laughing matter to people on his own side. And the uh, the National Republican Senatorial Committee, I believe, recently, if it was the last day or two, ran a a poll, and he's currently losing now by 12 points. So it doesn't look good for him. Right, it certainly wouldn't. And, you know, McConnell and Paul Ryan urging him to step out of the race here, as they should, for two reasons. On principle alone— that this is just a reprehensible act or, or set of actions that the, he has done over the years. But also, it's a huge stain on their party at a time when they're trying to, you know, strengthen their legitimacy as leaders of our government. You don't want to be the party that will back somebody uh, who has questionable morals to this level just so you can have another number because it. it there's already been problems uh, with the morality in, in some of these political parties, and that just would be the icing on the cake. Uh, although he does have his supporters, so this is the weirdest thing. Uh, and it was a much longer quote, but I, I just couldn't get into all of it. Alabama State Auditor Jim Ziegler said, Take Mary and Joseph. Mary was a teenager and Joseph was an adult carpenter, and they became the parents of Jesus. There's nothing immoral or illegal here, just maybe a little bit unusual. Um, I, I don't know why this is where you would you know, stake your stake your claim and plant your flag and want to want to support him. I think maybe you just let this one go. Well, using religion to justify such terrible things has always bothered me, uh, and especially because you know it's a disservice to those people who actually believe in the faith uh, for the right reasons to try to hide behind it to cover up something that you shouldn't be doing. You know, it, it's sickening. Yeah, I mean, I'm not particularly religious, but I just, I just find the whole thing wackadoodle that um, you can't believe in a lot of the good things and then back this kind of stuff, too. It just doesn't make sense. Um, but so it's not it's not all lost, though, for the GOP. 
Um, there is an idea that former interim Senator Luther Strange, who, by the way, was Mitch McConnell's boy, um, will be the write-in candidate. And it's not another realm of possibility. In 2010, uh, Alaska Senator Lisa Murkowski actually lost the GOP primary but ran as a write-in candidate, and she won. So it can be done, although it only happened one other time back in 1954 when Strom Thurmond did it. So there's not a lot of precedent on it being successful, but it does exist, and there is a recent example of it being successful. So maybe Luther Strange is the once-and-future senator from Alabama, or maybe maybe not. Maybe it's Dougie Jones. Well, should Roy Moore actually be elected and potentially face expulsion from the Senate, that would be... Um, a marquee moment here because no actual expulsions have happened from the Senate since the Civil War. Uh, however, okay, expulsion recommendations have led to a number of resignations, such as that of Oregon Senator Bob Packwood back in 1995, who was also accused of sexual misconduct and abuse of power. So, you know, this is not unprecedented in the sense that we've never had politicians who have behaved this way before, but we haven't had an expulsion uh, since Confederate sympathizers in the 1860s. And just imagine how much money this would cost the state of Alabama if they had a special election. The guy was elected and they got rid of him and then appointed somebody else and had to have another special election you know, sometime in the future. It's, it's ridiculous. Although I do kind of like the idea that some of the senators have floated that you know, just put Jeff Sessions in there uh, as a writing candidate and give him back the seat that he vacated. I mean, that would be the ultimate waste of money because it was all for nothing. Uh, he, but, you know, that's a name that is known there. I guess a name that's still popular in Alabama. And I don't think Jeff Sessions would really be too upset if he had to step away from the DOJ and uh, working from uh, underneath President Trump at this point. Yeah, to get him off the hot seat and give him a little bit of power over the president again would uh, probably be a welcome thing at this point for him. Then I, I, I get afraid who are they going to put in the DOJ as uh, as the attorney general. I mean, just when you think it can't get worse, it oftentimes does. Well, given the current track record of the president and often appointing people who are against the very agency they are put in charge of, uh, you know, <laughs> he might as well just pull somebody, you know, an ex-con out of prison and have him run the DOJ. Or, you know, the 30-plus-year-old people who have never uh, – Try to case and making them judges, things like that. You know, then who has to be qualified for the job? Um, over the weekend, I, I, we were actually at a zoo when we were reading this. I couldn't believe it. I had to, to, to sit and just kind of compose myself after reading this. Uh, that uh, Trump said that he believes Putin when he says that Russia didn't interfere with our elections. Um, a couple of quotes here. Every time he sees me, he says. I didn't do that, and I really believe him when he tells me that, that he means it. I can't stand there and argue with him. He said he didn't meddle. He said he didn't meddle. I asked him again. You can only ask so many times. So Trump, you know, he, he also said Putin is very insulted by the suggestion that Moscow uh, attempted to hack the election. Oh, my God. Are we supposed to feel horrible that uh, the guy who, by the way, did hack into our elections feels upset at the accusation of what he actually did? Well, if he said so, he must be telling the truth because, you know, why would, you know, a world leader with something to gain ever lie to the president of the United States? You know, and everything on the Internet must be true. So clearly – this is the case. 
I can just see uh, Putin with you know fingers behind his back crossed while he's talking to him, kind of giggling to himself. Uh, Trump also verbally attacked U.S. intelligence agencies. He called them political hacks. He went after former CIA director John Brennan, former director of national intelligence James Clapper, and former FBI director James Comey. He also kept pointing out it's not 17 agencies that have confirmed Russia's involvement. It's only three. In the past, he said four. This time, he said three. So let's just go through the big ones. Yeah, there's the CIA, the FBI, the NSA, and the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. Uh, but there are other ones. Yes, they are beneath uh, some of these major ones, but they all have the same conclusion, and that's the uh, Air Force Intelligence, Army Intelligence, Coast Guard Intelligence, Defense Intelligence Agency, uh, Energy Department, Homeland Security Department, State Department, Treasury Department, Drug Enforcement Administration, uh, Marine Corps Intelligence, National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, uh, National Reconnaissance Office, and the Navy Intelligence. So that is 17 agencies that all say Guess what? Trump, uh, Trump, oh, excuse me, Putin and Russia did try to affect our elections. They did hack into things, um, but Trump doesn't want to believe them. He wants to believe his good friend, Vladimir Putin. Well, and according to uh, reports by CNN, Trump has cited failed intelligence relating to weapons of mass destruction in Iraq 15 years ago as his reason for not trusting, <laughs> you know, organizations like the FBI or the CIA who for all intents and purposes, are the most qualified intelligence, you know, analysts in the world. Yeah, it's to be honest, these agencies have been wrong from time to time, and there is some shady stuff that goes down into them as well. But you're the president of the United States. Uh, they have no reason to lie. I mean, I don't think anybody wants to get into a fight or a war with Russia if we don't have to. Uh, they're reporting the facts, and the president didn't want to hear. Although, you know, just another example of how weak he is, that uh, as soon as backlash comes at him, he kind of changes his tunes. And he's tried to clarify uh, that I believe that he, meaning Putin, I believe that he feels that he and Russia didn't meddle in the election. As to whether or not I believe that, I'm with our agency. So it's quite the weak statement. What uh, he a thinks, flip-flop. Yeah, he thinks Putin didn't think he did it. What, what, what are you talking about? Um When he speaks, he makes no sense. Um, I'm sorry if I'm being a little too biased here, though. Uh, John Oliver uh, on his season finale show last week actually had someone read uh, what Trump actually said, like a normal person. And yeah, most of the time it makes no sense. So it shouldn't be any surprise to us uh, that when he tries flip-flopping or tries to cover his own butt, that he makes no sense. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know, WTF. WTF is true. I hate – he's done this over and over the past year that he talks his big game. He's a big bad wolf when he's in America or when he's talking to Fox News or when he's talking to New York Times, whoever. But the second he gets in a room with one of these other leaders, he folds like a cheap card table. He uh, shakes her hand, goes, oh, I believe you. I'm with you. Whatever you need. Uh, And I don't want the kind of leader that's all bluster uh, but can't actually back it up. Well, see, he knows that he can fool a certain percentage of the American electorate enough to get him in his position, but he knows that these other world leaders are much more wise and experienced than he is in these matters, and he can't pull the wool over their eyes, so he capitulates. And as much as I don't like Donald Trump, he is the president of the United States. you got to have, for lack of a better term, the balls to stand up to someone like Putin and Russia. When, when they're doing this, they're affecting our democracy. Don't let them get away with it. Call them on it flat out in front of the cameras and say that we know you're doing this. Don't ask if you're doing this. Say, we know you did this and knock it off. But he won't. He'll go, well, you know, he said he didn't do it. I guess I believe him. 
Yeah. Putin eats Trump for breakfast. I, I would love to get Trump and Kim Jong-un in the same room and see how how fast uh, Trump uh, capitulates to him because there's been more gossip and, and more nonsense going on between the two of those idiots over the weekend. Um, Trump decided to poke the bear again. He can't stop tweeting, uh, especially at people like Kim Jong-un, and said, why would Kim Jong-un insult me by calling me old when I would never call him short and fat? Oh, well, I try so hard to be his friend, and maybe someday that will happen. Well, first of all, the president of the United States tweeted that tweet to another world leader. Just let that sink in for a hot sec. And then – Think about this. If we all die in a nuclear holocaust, I'm going to be pretty pissed off that it's over something so stupid as a dumb tweet. Yeah, I, for one, don't want to go down for that either. And again, WTF, can you believe this stuff? I mean, we uh, why we still even uh, show shock and awe over the things that come out of his mouth through the form of a tweet. But uh, clearly this is not how one world leader should communicate with another. There were times where we all lost our mind over, like, Obama wearing a brown suit or Bush saying, you can't fool him again, you know, those kind of things. And that seems so trivial now, the little foot in the mouth or little faux pas that presidents would make from time to time. No big deal. Um, you never think that President Bush would I – mean, tweet Twitter didn't exist back then, but that he would tweet Saddam Hussein, like, why are you so ugly or things like that. It just, it just wouldn't happen. Um, and this is this is the reality with this technology these days and uh, this president. Um, but it, can there be a straw that breaks the camel's back or are they just going to sit there and posture over each other for the next three years? Well, and statements like these that cause our own Senator Chris Murphy in a Senate Foreign Relations Committee hearing this week to question the president's stability and his authority to handle nuclear launch codes. You know, he said, we are concerned that the president of the United States is so unstable, is so volatile, has a decision-making process that is so quixotic that he might order a nuclear weapon strike that is widely out of step with U.S. national security interests. Now, you know, this, a reasonable uh, politician in a very formal hearing, in a Senate Foreign Relations Committee hearing, saying that there are members of our government who have responsibilities like the Senate does that do not trust our president to be able to handle nuclear codes because he clearly doesn't have the stability to make such a decision. You know, Kevin, there's a lot of scandals going on right now uh, in Hollywood. Um, a lot of people have been inappropriate, and they're getting called out. And for all that happening, I still don't want to see them blown up by a nuclear bomb because it's the it's the West Coast that would be affected. If we're over here in our coastal elites in New England. For the moment, we'd be okay. Um, but they really have to think about um, one button – and it's just one crazy person, and that could be the end of it all. Because you know they shoot at us, we shoot at them. We, we have to think that this is all fiction; that it'll never really happen. There'll be mutually assured destruction. Um, but the the people who are in charge now aren't—I can't believe I'm saying that—aren't as sane as the people who are in charge in the Cold War, who realize that if you, you attack against one person, this is the end of the world. Um, they'll do it just despite each other, and that's kind of scary. Yes, their own egos loom larger than their common sense. 
North Korean officials described Trump's trip as nothing but a business trip uh, by a warmonger to enrich the monopolies of the U.S. defense industry. And the uh, North Korean foreign ministry added that Trump laid bare his true nature as destroyer of the world, peace and stability, and begged for nuclear war on the Korean Peninsula. And when you start agreeing with the North Korean foreign ministry, you know things have gotten really bad. Mm, right. Uh, so what's in next? I mean, I, I love that Trump also left up with the possibility, hey, you know, maybe I'll become friends with Kim. No, you can't become friends with him. I mean, it's like becoming friends with Hitler. I mean, this guy has killed thousands or hundreds. I don't know how many people are responsible. He and his father are responsible for whether it's starving their own people, um, killing them because they didn't say God bless you after he sneezes, things like that. Uh, I, I know we don't want to say that people are beyond redemption, but some people are beyond redemption. And the amount of people who are dead because of Kim Jong-il's father and his grandfather is just uh, – at a certain point, it's like, sorry, Charlie, you don't get a, you don't get that card. So I don't even know why Trump would float float out there that maybe he could be a friends with them someday. Maybe the 21st century version of the Odd Couple. I mean, can you imagine? You know, one is one's tall and fat, the other one's short and fat. And uh, the most disturbing thing I ever saw actually was uh, someone took their hairstyles and put them on the other one's heads, and it looks worse than it does already. I'm like, I had to shut my computer. I couldn't stand looking at it. So. Oh, what, just when you think, you know, Kevin, that you know we're we're done with an issue, we can move on. No, it keeps coming back. In this case, it's a a repeal of at least a portion of the ACA. It never ends. The GOP are again trying to repeal the ACA mandate, which would eliminate the federal penalties on people who don't buy health insurance. Uh, Mr. McConnell is adding language to the repeal in the Senate bill. I mean, this ultimately might hurt the tax bill uh, from passing. You have the moderate Republicans like McCain, Murkowski, Collins. They may not vote for this, though the Senate Republicans feel confident they can pass it with it in there. Uh, I'm not holding my breath on this one. Well, as we continue to see, the Republicans in power refuse to give up on some version of an Obamacare repeal because this is their hallmark legislation. This is what they campaigned on. This is what they spent the last eight years trying to undo, that this is they will stop at nothing to ensure that this goes away. And the reason we can't get rid of the mandate has to do with covering people with pre-existing conditions. I really don't want to get into it. We've covered it on several, several episodes in the past. Um, but they expect this to give relief to the middle, upper middle uh, taxpayers. But it's just going to end up being a mess. Um, I saw it today. I didn't get a chance to read the article, but another member of the GOP doesn't want to vote for this for other reasons. And I think... They're really just killing it before it even gets out of the crib. And I don't know if there's another thing that's going to go on and on and on with several different votes. Um, This sounds sad because a human being is life. I wonder how much of this is all going to depend on how long John McCain can hold on. Uh, you know, with with the cancer spread, because he was the dissenting, you know, the, or the, he was one of three dissenting voices, but he was the one that kind of officially killed it last time. And uh, if he goes, you know, they'll stick somebody in there who will probably pass it. I have to imagine that the powers that be in the Republican Party and the Senate are just biding their time and waiting for Senator McCain to uh, be incapacitated uh, or or to have passed. And therefore, they will be able to get their their man or, or woman in his seat that will be willing to vote for uh, such a repeal. And then at his funeral, Trump can say, yeah, I like senators who don't don't die from brain cancer. It's kind of the the thing he would say, sadly enough. Um, But 
Donald may have to start worrying about his son uh, this past week. Donald Trump Jr. confirmed that he occasionally exchanged private messages with WikiLeaks on Twitter uh, before the 2016 election. Uh, the back and forth has been given to Mueller and to others investigating Russian interference in the 2016 election. And remember, WikiLeaks published many of the stolen emails from the DNC, uh, from Clinton campaign chairman John Podesta. Um, the U.S. intelligence agency has linked the releases to an effort from Russia to interfere in the election. So you know, WikiLeaks may deny connections from Russia, uh, but they're not exactly trustworthy. And again, it's just more smoke related to Russia and the Trumps. I, I don't see how this ends well. I mean, I, it may end fine for Donald Trump, but everybody around him, I think, might be going down in flames eventually. Well, you know, it's very comforting to have the son of the president exchanging information with an organization that aims to expose state secrets. I feel very good about that. It, one of the things that this whole scandal has shown is how stupid people are about leaving a paper trail. Pick up the friggin' phone, you know? Uh, don't leave it there for people to find. I mean, some of the examples of how WikiLeaks uh, may have affected the Trump campaign, or at least helped the Trump campaign, um, they asked Trump Jr. to push a story in right-wing media that alleged Hillary Clinton joked about wanting to drone Julian Assange, Assange who's the head of WikiLeaks, and Don Jr. did it. Um, WikiLeaks also suggested that Trump Jr. leak one of his father's tax returns uh, to them. Remember with the whole Rachel Maddow fiasco, where... Surprisingly, the, the the piece that came out was very complimentary towards Trump and and how much money he makes and all this stuff. Um, and concerning President Trump himself, Trump tweeted about the hacked emails of John Podesta basically 15 minutes after WikiLeaks requested that Don Jr. did it. So it does not look good for a presidential candidate. And I got to tell you, Kev, that WikiLeaks seems to be the go-between, the middleman between Trump and Russia, at least on many of these things. Yeah, it does. And, you know, it also just shows clearly how Donald Jr. is just a pawn in this entire process of getting his father elected, because he, he clearly he will do whatever is suggested of him. I don't want to say he's stupid, but he's not made for this job in this role because he's made you know, it's amateur. Hour, made many mistakes that anybody, I guess, who's part of the Swamp, if they were doing this kind of stuff, would not make these um, mistakes. If, if you're going to be doing shady business, make sure you know what you're doing. Make sure you don't get caught. And make sure that if the stuff comes out, it can't be traced back to you. And I don't want to say, you know, I, I didn't do any of that stuff when I was in Washington, D.C. But if I had, you better be darn uh, tootin' that none of it would have come back to me. <laughs> well, and it makes perfect sense because if you grow up in such privilege as the Trump children have and you've always had somebody to cover for you, and clean up after you and, and fix your mistakes that you might not think first to cover your tracks because you've never had to worry about that. You realize when you haven't answered to anybody but your father your entire life, you realize, oh, no, I have to answer to the American people, uh, to the intelligence agencies, uh, to the law. I mean, the stuff it adds up quickly. I, mean, I think they just – we're not I mean, same thing with Jared and Ivanka. I mean, nothing quite as negative has been um, – brought back towards them, but I think they're just, they were used to being, you know, big fish or even small fish in a small pond, and now they're small fish in a big pond, and there's, you know, people are eating their lunch, and it's and it's showing, uh, and I, I really don't know how long these guys last in the administration until they just step aside, they try to bring people in who are a little more credible, a little more qualified for the jobs. 
We shall see. That's that's the answer to so many of the questions we ask in this podcast. We shall see, unfortunately. Uh, last thing I'm ending here with is uh, yesterday, uh, Jeff Sessions testified before the House Judiciary Committee. Uh, you know, I'm not going to go into huge detail because it's a lot of what you thought. Oh, I, I didn't recall that, or, or I do recall it now, but I don't recall anything bad, or I don't. It, a lot of sidestepped answers. You didn't really learn that much. Um, one of the things that I did find interesting was that um, Sessions apparently pushed back on the uh, immediate need for a second special counsel uh, to investigate Hillary Clinton. Uh, he said that it would take a factual basis that meets the standard of special counsel for the Justice Department to make such an appointment. And let's be honest, appointing a special counsel, uh, and this is me, not Jeff Sessions, saying this, uh, for Clinton, it would just be sour grapes, just trying to take all the heat off of Trump. As we always say, you know, first of all, she has been investigated, and while some of the things she did may have been, you could, I wouldn't even say immoral, but would have, you know, probably what you shouldn't have done procedure-wise, it wasn't illegal, and uh, it's, it's, she's not president. Move on. Exactly. You know why we still drag her name through the mud, whether or not you like her, whether or not you supported her in the election. What's the sense of doing it now? What good would come of this? Well, they're going to go after Trump. It might as well go after Hillary too. Uh, it's it's just a waste of time. It's a waste of taxpayers' money. Just move on from her. She doesn't matter anymore. It's it's. I'm sorry, Hillary, if you're listening. I don't mean to be rude, but on the uh, geopolitical stage, you don't really matter that much anymore. Um, all this was in response to Ohio Republican uh, Representative Jim Jordan. He freaked out over Clinton during the hearing. Um, I believe the Hill called. Uh, what Jordan Jordan said, a, a fiery case for allegations of spying on the Trump campaign, again with the spying. Uh, no one was spying on the Trump campaign. If the Trump campaign got picked up through uh, intelligence agencies, it's because they were talking to people they shouldn't have been talking to or talking to people who uh, had some one of a shady past. Um, although this is – I'm kind of confused, though, by what Sessions was saying because – these comments from Sessions come after the DOG actually sent um, a letter to Chairman Bob Goodlatte, who's a Republican from Virginia, suggesting that Sessions is considering appointing a special counsel to investigate Clinton. So I, I don't know if he, why he's talking out of both sides of his mouth, uh, although ranking member John Conyers, a uh, Democrat from uh, Michigan, wasn't really pleased with that. Accused the DOG of having political motivations for issuing the letter. And to be honest, that's what it was. It's political motivations. You know, if uh, things don't work out uh, for Goodlatte in Congress, he could always become a spokesperson for Starbucks with a name like that. It literally spells out Goodlatte. Goodlatte, yeah. Why not just put a hyphen in there? You know, I used to be Bob Goodlatte, but now I'm going as Bob Goodlatte. And if you try the new Goodlatte here at Starbucks, mm-mm-mm. Sorry, it was, it was hard for me to even say that. I'm a duck and donut sky. Don't like Starbucks. But, uh, you know, the hearing went on for a long time. But, again, I there are some things you can look up uh, if you really want to go into it. But I think it was just a lot of the same. It was the answers you knew you are going to be getting. Um, not too many shocking things came out of it. Um, it's just more of Sessions being Sessions and Congress being Congress. Yeah. Yeah. Same story, different day. Indeed. So what do you got for Kevin's Corner this week? Well, Jesse... Integrity is often defined as doing the right thing when no one is watching. It is not too much, however, for us to ask as citizens of this great country to hold our elected and appointed leaders to a standard of high moral character. This week has shown us two examples of political leaders, both of whom happen to be from the same state, that seem to lack integrity or moral standard gene. Espousing 
religious values publicly as a state judge and a Senate candidate while also being accused of inappropriate relationships with young girls is in complete contrast to integrity and character. Equally, testifying under oath as the highest legal officer in the land to having no recollection of meetings with foreign agents and later, quote unquote, recalling this information when it was politically advantageous also fails the integrity test. What we need in the U.S. and the world over are political leaders who put party and ideology aside in favor of doing what is right, even when no one was watching. Indeed, Kevin, as always, I agree with you. Before we go this week, just want to let our last listeners uh, to be on the lookout. Uh, Kevin and I, we may have mentioned this in the past, were uh, interviewed by a major political uh, news outlet regarding our podcast. We're waiting for the article to come out uh, before we really get into it. So it should come out hopefully uh, in the next month or so, but we'll keep our eyes out. And you guys should too. Uh, so you can say you knew us back when we were just, you know, the little Ricky Ding podcast we are now, not when we are, you know, taking on the president himself. I don't know. <laughs> that might be for that might be a while off. So hey, you know, uh, big things have small beginnings, as they say. So remember, go to our website at grabthembythepod.com. You can find all of our social media info, whether it's Twitter or Facebook. There, sorry, we're not on Instagram yet. Uh, we're young, but we're not that young, and it's a little past me. You can find um, information on how to contact us, a little bit about Kevin, a little bit about my background, uh, and some other fun stuff that we think you might enjoy. Uh, so you guys go do that. You come back next time and listen to us. And until then, Kevin, it's been fun. Later. Thank you.